you are a certified energy leadership mastery practitioner. What is that? It's sort of a measurement of a person's energy levels. I wonder where I am, baby A. I'm like I'm like a 12 on a scale of 1 to 10. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely, you go from like a 1 to like a 15 sometimes in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to the Dia Bondi Show, a big, huge podcast for your goals. I'm Dia Bondi, longtime leadership communications coach and catalyst and creator project Ask Like an Auctioneer. We are here with this podcast to help you speak powerfully to advance your own leadership and your ventures and your careers, get more of what you want by asking for more and getting it. And I am joined as always by my fave, Baby A. Hey Dia. You always take like that little pause. Hey, Dia, right there. It's, yeah. It's, well, it creates I a little suspense. Do, what's great, I always do, but then I cut it out in the edit. There you go. Fix so it in post. So the listener don't know what you're talking about. Hello. Okay, so listen, today we're going to have Caroline Castrillon on the show. She's a corporate escape artist. You know how many women I talk to who are in the process of escaping their corporate lives, dreaming about it, escaping their corporate lives? Some of you listening are like, no, I love it in here. It works perfectly for me. That makes so much sense. And for others of you, you might be realizing, I got to get out. It's time for a change. This episode is going to be for you. She is a career coach and um, she is... Is the corporate escape artist.com and a writer and a coach. And I can't wait to talk to her. But first, I have something to share. Yeah, what's going on? So I'm taking, you know this, and I can't remember if we've shared it with the audience, but I've been having some strain in my voice this last couple of years, actually, and spent some time looking for some help with it and finally found a coach. And she is a singing teacher, actually. Right. We, I think we did talk about it briefly. And we've talked about it off mic, but but uh, yeah, tell me what's going on. How's the singing lessons going? It's so it's hard for me to sing. You know, one of my old mentors said we can't ask our clients to do something we're not willing to try ourselves. And when she said, "I know I'm not here to help you sing, but we're going to use singing to address some of the issues going on with your voice and the delivery of your, you know, of, of the words that come out of your mouth." Um, she brought brought her. She brings her ukulele to our session and. She's like, nope, we're, you're going to do some singing. And so I think about all the clients that I work with in my communications work where I help them, I make them try stuff that feels uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is how it feels. So in that sense, it's really – it's a good practice for me and grows my empathy bones to be you know, receiving coaching in this way. That's cool. It's really cool. And so I'm singing an old folk song um, and – but what's really interesting is she uh, – so she's an opera. She's classically trained and is an opera singer and also just a, a music teacher. And um, one thing I learned last week is that I do a lot of glottal stops when I talk. Mm. Well, for sure, right off the bat, she was like, okay, not a lot of vowels. You have a lot of consonants. And it's true that I use consonants like – I don't know, like – I use consonants like seasoning, you know, it's like where 
I just like, I use it to spice things up, to emphasize things. Like it's where my focus is actually when I talk. And she's, and she's like, you don't need them so much. You're so over-rotated on them. You can actually, we need to start practicing opening your throat and breathing and using your vowels. So that's why singing is turning out to be the right focus area because singing happens in the vowels, not in the consonants. So that's very interesting. But the glottal stops, which is like, for folks listening, it's like you a glottal stop is like where you s- close your throat before you start saying a word. Like, and, and it's unnecessary. So instead of just opening your mouth and letting air come through your throat and saying apple, apple, I would say apple, where I close my throat and almost start an A as a consonant. Uh-huh. Right. So it's not, I have to come off the mic to do it, but to, to say right. something more like, Apple instead of app instead of apple instead of apple it's apple right uh huh and glottal stops are in the middle of words too right where they are but I I use so many of them it's uh no wonder my neck my throat and the back of my soft palate feels beat up all the time especially after I give a long workshop yeah Mm. so we're doing these crazy sorry I interrupted you what were you gonna say oh uh, no I was just gonna say I. I think of the glottal stops as being in the middle of words where you're you're sort of inferring a consonant without making your lips make one. Like you might say, intermittent. Yes, right? that's a that's a glottal stop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Intermittent. But but what it it's unnecessary and intermittent. Unne- yes. Right. And it's unnecessary at the beginning of a word all the time that starts with a vowel. So we're sort of practicing keeping, well, for one, breathing into my back ribs and then keeping my throat open as I move from as I move from vowel to vowel. And it's so interesting, she's telling me to use, she said, just say real words. You don't have to make words, just say real words. And hmm. even in singing, you know, singing is a place to get to it because we're, we're singing this Uh, old country hymn. And, you know, there's a lot of even vowel sounds that in the singing I'm making really hard, like diphthongs where I focus more on the Y. And she's like, Mm -hmm. no, it's just away. It's not away. So she's, it's a really interesting thing to hear myself differently. And I get worried that if I'm focusing more on vowels, smoothing everything out and just simply transacting words instead of performing them, especially when I'm giving a keynote or a workshop, that my intention isn't coming through. And she is like, <laughs> she's telling me like, there is no way, Dia, that your intention can't come through. But we can we can let you soften how your your throat works and delivers words so that you can have more ease for yourself and you can actually draw your audience in instead of going to them so hard. She's like, you don't have to work so hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought of that. I mean, I, I, I took voice lessons when I was younger, mostly just in the form of being in, you know, singing classes like choir or jazz chorus or something. But I did have a little bit of individualized instruction here and there, but it was when I was a kid. We didn't get super advanced with it. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. And, and, you know, for folks listening, I'm taking these voice lessons to address something that feels physical and and to, and to cool my intensity a little bit when I'm in front of the room because I'm, I am working so hard and stressing my voice and body out. 
But it's also a little bit meta because as all of us change, we move into new behaviors, new ways of using our voice, new ways of talking about our work, you know, new ways of leading others, new ways of showing up that grow our range. It can sometimes be a little disorienting because we're experiencing ourselves a little differently than we're used to experiencing ourselves. And I can feel that disorientation a little bit when when I'm do when I'm practicing the things I need to practice that give my voice relief and actually I'm still effective but it's not used it's not how I'm used to hearing myself and for my instructor to say no 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 you're still totally present you still sound like Dia even though the sensation of it feels so different is something to really feel into so you know Today's conversation with our guest, we're talking about folks who are ready to make a big change in their lives. And I know, you know, change and, and you know, whether you're moving from a corporate job to a, an, a solopreneur role or you're going from in-house to freelance or, you know, I'm leveling up in my own business, we end up having to actually see ourselves differently. And that can disorient for a little while until that normalizes. So folks, you're not alone. If you are into what we're doing here on The Dia Bondi Show, there are a lot of ways that you can help support the program. You can like, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and that will help us reach more people. You can do it the old-fashioned way by telling your friends about it or the new-fashioned way, share it on social media. The other thing that you can do is help us find guests that matter to you. If there's somebody you want to hear from who you think would be a great match for a show, um, please send us a note and make the introduction at hello at diabondi.com. That's right. And you can send us any suggestions or questions via email, or you can give us a call at 341-333-2997. Okay. So today we're going to hear from Caroline Castrion, who is our guest on our show. She's a career and life coach, and she helps people go from soul-sucking jobs that they really are over (laughs) to a career of fulfillment. She is founder of Corporate Escape Artist, and after making the leap in her own life to entrepreneurship, following the success of 25 years in corporate, in the corporate environment, she has just, she says she's just never looked back. So prior to Corporate Escape Artist, she's had executive leadership roles at firms that you might recognize like Dell and Sony. She's a certified professional coach and an energy leadership index master practitioner. And don't think that I don't want to know what that is because I do. She's a contributor to Forbes, Thrive Global, and has been featured in publications like the New York Times, Entrepreneur, Inc., and Success Magazine. So happy to have her today. So Caroline, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so happy. It's such a bizarre thing to me um, that we're having this conversation now because you were the first person to write about Project Ask Like an Auctionaire. I can't believe that. Yeah, I can't believe that. I just loved, yeah, I loved your your message and it was just such a unique point of view. And then when we spoke, I just felt like we kind of clicked, you know, our energies. That's right. And I, you were, you were the first, you were the one that who said like, dear, this is going to be a book. And we are in the process of finalizing the proposal now, um, to go shop it to publishers. So you'll be the first to know when, when that's actually happening. So, um, it's true that we did have some energy on that first call. And I was looking, uh, again, just reviewing your bio and you are a certified 
energy leadership mastery pr- practitioner. What is that? So I went through a certification program through a school called IPEC, and that's sort of their, um, their uh, an assessment that they use. And it basically is, it's sort of a measurement of a person's energy levels and sort of where you're at today. It provides a baseline. So when you start working with a client and then you work with them for a few months, you can do another check-in and kind of see, you know, where they're at. Like if they have more energy or less energy, how do you use that in the coaching that you do? Uh, there's different energy levels. Like, um, for example, when we're, when we're sad, you know, our de- people who are depressed, that's kind of like a, a, like a one or a two, like at the, at the low end of the scale. Now, if you're somebody who express, who's more of a, experiencing more anger that's like still in the, at the low end but a little like a level up from that and then you know as you progress it's kind of like um you know you start seeing the world in a different way like when you see situations in terms of a win-win instead of this is mine you know i take this away from you kind of thing it's 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 an even higher energy level so you use like energy assessments to to notice in your coaching how where you go next with a client or whether what you're talking about is having a shift yeah so where they're at today and then you know how the coaching is progressing moving forward i wonder where i am baby a i'm like i'm like a 12 on a scale of one to (laughs) ten yeah i mean you definitely you go from like a one to like a 15 sometimes in the middle of a podcast I do somewhere in the middle of the podcast. I know, and actually, we were talking about before you jumped into the um, into the recording, Caroline. That I'm taking some voice lessons to address some oh. voice strain that I have, and my I'm actually taking lessons from a from a singer, a singing lessons to address talking issues. And she's like, "Yeah, you can bring it way down, dear. Actually, way down." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I mean, you, you, she just got this new mic that we're using on the podcast, and we did a, a mic check earlier in the week just to make sure everything was good. And I was like, okay, now give me your, that's really interesting voice. Yeah. Now give me your, hey, everybody, it's the Diabondi Show voice. Yeah. yeah. So what is a corporate escape artist? So, well, that, that name came from my own experience. And um, basically, it's, it's, me, so it's somebody who decided that the, the status quo was worse than the thought of change. So I'd been, the way I like to tell my story is I, um, I followed the rules. You know, I did what I thought I was supposed to do. I went to a good school, got a good job. You know, tried to climb the corporate ladder. Um, but the higher I climbed, the more money I made, the more unhappy I felt. And I knew something was wrong when I got the last job I had in the corporate world was a VP position. And it was an awesome job. I mean, I, it was like a great team. We had all these perks, more money than I had ever earned before. It was close to home. I got all kinds of, you know, benefits and my family was like thrilled. And I just thought there's something wrong with this picture because I'm feeling really unhappy. And uh, even before I started the job, after I accepted the, the position. And so... That's when I got a coach. Uh, well, not right then, but a few months later, and that's when things started to shift. When I started actually verbally acknowledging what I wanted to change, and um, and then all of a sudden it was like the universe. You know, uh, it's one thing to think about doing something; it's another to actually put it out there 
and set a goal, either, you know, writing it down, telling people about it, holding yourself accountable. And then it's like the universe conspires to help you make things happen. And that's what happened to me. So that's, uh, when I started down my coaching journey. I do agree that it's one thing to sort of dream about something and, you know, paint a picture in your head. And it's another thing to get into action on that. And, you know, I, a, a lot of the folks that come across Project Ask Like an Auctioneer, you know, we talk a lot about confidence. And so often, I don't know how your clients, you know, show up in this conversation, but I have a lot of, in my communications work also, folks really ha feeling like confidence is a requirement to act. And actually, I found that confidence is an outcome of acting. But Yes. And so how, like what, and I, I have a question for you a little bit later around that because getting into action to me, I mean, I have a bias toward action and I both want, you know, folks to have an experience in their, in the arc of their careers that feels like they are, you know, every step of the way and as often as possible in alignment with who they are and that they're actually in a position where they can take action to move forward in alignment with who they are. So as you, it, you know, our audience and your audience, I think I, I, even on your, on your site, you talk about our high achieving professionals um, and our audience is as well. So tell me a little bit about their experience and what do you notice about them and what struggles uh, do they most often bring to you? What are some of the themes you notice and what do they bring to you? Well, li recently, especially, people are, you know, reevaluating their, their values and priorities. They obviously want more flexibility. Fulfillment's more important to them. The, the things outside of s salary, I mean, it's obviously money is still important, especially if they're the primary breadwinner, but all these other components are playing a, a greater level of importance in their lives. Things like company culture, feeling appreciated at work. Um, I have a client who she's happy with the money that she's making, but she knows that it's not what she's worth. And it's that's the piece that's missing. It's not the money in itself. It's the fact that she doesn't feel like she's being paid what she's worth. And um, most of my clients coming to me now are looking for career clarity. So they know they want to make a change. They're ready to do it, but they're not sure what direction to go in or how to approach it. And a lot of times it's because they have been down a certain path for so long, they forgot what they enjoy doing, what they're good at, what people used to compliment them on, what really lights them up inside because they, they, they're operating from their head and not their heart. And so that's the shift that uh, I try to make with most of my clients, and, or maybe not a shift, but, but uh, more of a balance so that it's a balance between the head and and the heart and I encourage them to, you know, tap into their intuition and their gut instincts. Cause if I had listened to my gut instinct, I probably wouldn't have taken that VP job. <laughs> um, but I ignored it completely. I totally just analyzed it using my intellect. And, um, so for, for so the, for, for the folks that you work with, if they're, if they're approaching a more, if they're trying to integrate, you know, get back into relationship with what's in their heart and integrate it with what's in their head, you know, cause we're not, we're yeah. not, I, I'm, I, we're not encouraging, you know, illogical, uh, right. uh, you know, dangerous decision-making. We're talking about integrated purposeful actions toward a more aligned, you know, set of fulfilling work. So as folks integrate, you know, what do they, what surprises them? Like what kind of things do they realize that are a surprise to them? Is that something that you notice? Yes. Uh, Right away, because right away, 
so one of the first exercises we go through is I just take them back to when they were young. You know, what what did you enjoy doing? What classes did you like to go to? What uh, how did you spend your time? You know, what did you do for fun? What did people compliment you on? What did uh, what made you stand out? What made you unique? And as you as we grow into adulthood, a lot of times we um, all that stuff goes by the wayside because the things that we enjoy doing, we suddenly decide, well, what am I going to do with that? That's not practical. That's not, I can't make money doing that. You know, we just throw it, throw it away. And then we go down this different path. And then, um, there are a lot of aha moments like, yeah, I forgot how much I enjoyed doing that. You know, I'm working with a doctor right now who's an infectious disease professional and she, um, has a passion for nutrition. And this has gone, this is going way back into her childhood. Um, and she wants to kind of, you know, make a, make a career pivot. And so when we started talking, she just realized like, wow, yeah, I've had this interest ever since I was a kid, but I didn't pursue it because it just didn't seem prestigious enough. It didn't, you know, her father's a doctor and it just, it just, so she ended up choosing what she describes as the lesser of the evils, so to speak, <laughs> in the, in the medical world. And she's, really great at her job, but it's not something she's passionate about anymore. So it's interesting that you point to, um, what I hear in that is that what folks might pursue, like to see a path towards something more fulfilling is usually about resuscitating something that's already there. It's not about like, I have to be someone else. It's actually, you have to be more who you originate originally were. And right. are like it's in there. It's not. It's not like you have to go find it out there. We have to actually look inward first. Absolutely, that's the first step. It's like the self uh, actualization phase, the self assessment, d- digging inside of yourself. That's the mistake a lot of people make. They look outside of themselves for answers. They take tests. They go to therapists. They do. You know, they take classes. They get more certifications, more degrees, more this, more that. It's none of that. It's like. It's, it's all inside of you and it's already there, but it's, it's like teasing it out. It's like peeling an onion. Right. It's not like, it's not a skill or a piece of information that is outside of your own, like your own realm. So when folks realize they want something different, what freaks them out? Well, fear, fear, uh, all of the fears. So fear of failure, fear of uh, what are people going to think? What if I make the wrong decision? The money always comes into play like I'm the primary breadwinner so I can't take to, you know any make any risky moves I'm too old and how do you, you know? how do you yes how do you address these how do you address them because that can be a real that could feel like a cul-de-sac for folks yeah well you just address them one at a time and um, you go through that dialogue of like well you're not too old I mean I so using me as an example I changed careers in my 40s And you don't have to take a big leap, you know, you could do it in stages. And so people assume that, you know, they, they, they jump 10 steps ahead instead of one of my favorite quotes is you don't have to see the whole staircase, just the next, just take the next step. And that's one of the keys. If you look at the whole staircase, you're going to be totally overwhelmed. It's like climbing a mountain, thinking about the, the, you know, the summit when you do it, you know, little by little. And if folks take the little the steps little by little, do they find that they end up at the top of the mountain or do they discover things along the, this is a yes or no question, bad question, but um, do, as they go, do they find that they actually, 
their their next most important or next uh, meaningful step or the next right step as they see and try to act in alignment with themselves actually takes them to the river or takes them somewhere else? Like, do they do they go to the destination they think they were going to or do they end up somewhere else? It depends on the person. Sometimes they know where they want to go, but they're afraid to take that step. So they need somebody on the journey with them. Other people don't know where they want to go, so they need help de- deciding on that destination and then breaking that down, that bigger goal down into small steps so it doesn't seem so daunting. So as you as you talk about all of these sort of like, okay, if I know I want to get to the top of that mountain or I know that I want to make a change even if I don't know what it is, if I write down sort of all of my assumptions and beliefs and fears about it, to not bundle those together, but instead folks who are listening could take that, make that inventory and then just address one at a time. And when we're addressing those fears, what are we doing? Are we ask, are we questioning them? Are we, are we journaling? What are we doing to address them? Well, one of the things you could ask yourself is what's the worst thing that could happen? And usually when I ask that question, they go, well, I guess it just, it doesn't work out and I can do something else or go back to what I was doing before. You know, it's not like, like the world's going to end. Um, but it's in our minds, you know, once, once you start writing, what I would encourage people to do is just write it down, right? Even if it's a simple, like pros and cons list, um, you know, write down the fear and then try to determine, uh, you know, what's, what's the worst thing that could happen. And also you don't have to just blindly jump. You can, take it in stages and also have a backup plan. You know, just, you can anticipate things like, well, if this happens, what I can do this. What I love about what I love about that is that you're sort of recognizing how much choice you actually have in that. And that can really, you know, create a, a stronger sense of agency for us. Like I, I actually, if X, then I have choices to do one of these three, four, five things so that it's never completely out of our hands. I think also in the world of sort of career change, career fulfillment, there's so much narrative about, and then this hit me and then one day I did this thing, you know, because that's, those are fun, heroic stories to listen to. But if you dig underneath it, it's, it's not always how it actually happens. It's a series, a collection of events, isn't it? I mean, Baby A, what is it? The, you know, the, the, the Beatles, how many empty, how many empty shows did they play before they made it big? Thousands, you know? It's the 10 year overnight success. Yes. Kind of thing. Yes. That the people don't see, you don't see the work that goes into it, you know, leading up to the big event. And, you know, we just see the sort of the end goal, the end result. That's right. And we love that instigating story where everything changed. And you're right. It's the, all those steps leading up to it. And that's kind of the heavy work, isn't it? Because it's, we, we're taking micro actions that maybe don't have a super strong impact right away, but we have to keep our, I mean, I, I know, you know, in my growth of my own small business, like I have to, even though the wins are small, I have to sort of notice them and let them accumulate and think of it as a pile of pebbles instead of like one big rock, you know? Exactly. So for, so for folks who have like, like today, somebody listening to us in the car, they're going for a walk with their dog. And this is the week where they've said, oops, I think I want something different or I think I wanted something different for a long time. And I'm just now really realizing it's time to do something about it. It's time to get, it's time to like 
acknowledge it and like name it and claim it, which is something we like to do on the Dia Bondi show. What, what, <laughs> what is somebody's first thing to do? The very first thing. It's that self-introspection piece. So take time out to decide. Well, first you, you want to know your why. Why do you want to make a change? Is it because you hate your boss? Do you hate your job? Do you hate the company you're working for? Is it your career? Is it your schedule? You know, it's like, what is it about your life or your job or your career that you want to change and and why? Because that's very revealing. You know, if it's just, if you love your career, but you hate your boss, then clearly, you know, you might want to find the same position or a better position at a different company or try to look for another position in the same company. You know, there's, there's different ways to approach it. And then, um, and then take a step back. The biggest mistake people make is they want to get in action right away. So they start updating their resume and their LinkedIn profile. And all the while, they don't know where they want to go or what they want to do. So all of that work that you're doing is just, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to help you go anywhere because you first have to decide your destination before you know how to position yourself for that role. So getting into that place of um, self-introspection, finding quiet time, you know, you have to get your mind, you know, finding, finding that stillness of mind in order to find clarity. That's really key. If you're anxious and not sleeping and, you know, all of that, it's going to be really hard to find that clarity. Sometimes when we when we're starting to write a new story for ourselves about the future a different, you know, we want we want the story about our lives to be different either because we want to be, you know, collaborating with uh, other folks in a certain way. We want to have, you know, we want to elevate inside of our organizations. We want to go into entrepreneurship. We want we want the story to be different. Like what was important to us before is maybe less important to us now and we have something new that's important to us and sort of waking up to that can take a little like we're changing the narrative of our lives at that moment so so for women who you know have told you know they have a story about uh, their career what it means and what's important to them and now that's changing how do they you know step away from that story they've been telling for so long and create a new one without doubt and without hesitation? Well, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight, especially if you've been telling yourself the same story for a long time. Um, but it's, it's about changing your inner, inner dialogue and talking to your, what I tell people is talk to yourself like you would your best friend. Because a lot of times we talk to ourselves internally in ways that we would never talk to a friend, you know. So when they find themselves in a situation, I just reframe it and say, well, if you were talking to your very best friend, what would you tell yourself? Um, and kind of approach it that way. And just uh, recognize that what you believe is what becomes reality. So it's, it starts with beliefs and then, it's, and then you start taking actions. And at what point in the journey do we, you know, let's imagine we've done that reflection. We've identified, here's what, here's what I'm no longer willing to tolerate in my life and in my career. Here are the changes that I want to make, whether it's, you know, a 180 and a completely different career or if it, you know, iteration, a different iteration of my current, my current career. When we're, when we recognize that and then we've built, we've said like, oh, I know I want to go to the mountain, not the river. Like we've identified sort of a goal. 
When is it time to start telling your community what you want? Is, is, that, a, is that a step in the process? So what I tell people is early on in the process, you want you have to surround yourself with people who support you and are non-judgmental and believe in you. Um, some, you. You actually have to find people that believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And don't necessarily, especially the bigger the goal, the less you want to tell people very, very early on. Because it's like, at that point, it's kind of like this little infant that hasn't had time to grow yet you know and you you've got to sort of protect it to some extent because there's a lot of people that aren't going to get it there's going to be people that are going to tell you you're crazy or you're too old or you know who do you think you are or right like they're going to offload their own fears and anxieties onto your dream yeah exactly and you've got to watch out for that because it's a reality it's uh it's you know staying away from what I call energy vampires and surrounding yourself with people that are really positive and will support you in, in what you want to do and help hold you accountable as well. Right. I mean, there's a piece there where like, there's going to be a moment where you're going to have to fall in love with your dreams and stand up for them in a way that nobody else will once you kind of know what they are. And, and you know, in, in my work around Project Ask Like an Auctioneer, I talk about like, if you're going to ask for the things you need to resource the dream that you've articulated for yourself, you have to let your dreams be known to the people who can actually do that. So that the asks that you make, the support you're asking for, the resources you need, the opportunities to step on stages, the chance to author something that all lives in a context for people. So they understand what they're saying yes to what it's allowing you to create. And when they get to be part of that, you end up having a less of a transactional conversation with the people around you and more like they're actually getting to participate in your fulfillment. And I find that to, to be a much more fruitful conversation and request for support from your community. Yeah. And so later in the process, like when I launched my business that's when you want to tell everybody um and email everybody and and tell your friends and your friends friends and your your hairdresser and the person at the post office you know like that's when you really want to blast blast your your message out there i agree i think that there's so much to be said for um and and this is hard especially for folks and this is hard for me i'm somebody who's very self-determinant and you know i have that little like i do it myself i got it you know and it's not true i don't got it and i can't do it myself and so sort of putting it's also a risk to tell people what you want because when you tell people want you're admitting you want it and if you don't get it there's some vulnerability in that but um I think that that a colleague of mine says that what what you start making isn't always what you end up making. And you could say you it's okay for us to say we want to make a career change, have sort of a picture of what it might look like and have it not work out the way you had originally planned, but have it still work out in a way that satisfy the the why that you articulated in the beginning like you mentioned. It's okay to update people along your pathway and help them stay abreast of your changing picture too, isn't it? Absolutely. It's not a uh it's not a straight line. It's a really curly, you know, I don't know if you I've seen these these images like on Instagram and Pinterest and stuff where it's like this is what success looks like. It's not a straight line. It's like a a, a really curly convoluted, you know, kind of thing, because you're, it's kind of, it's sort of like sailing, you know, you're tacking this way and tacking that way. And the wind, that's a beautiful way to say, yeah, it, yes. the winds change and you've got to adapt and be flexible and that's okay. It's not, you don't have to, uh, necessarily, like you said, you know, 
things can change. You don't have to stick with whatever it is that your you said your goal was initially. If it changes, it changes. You know. I love that, and I would offer. That's a really beautiful way to to sort of complete this call around this idea of tacking. So I'd offer folks who are listening, like, what's your next tack? You know, you're moving maybe toward the beach on the other side of the lake, but what's your what's your next tack? Is it that direction? Is it that direction? Is it a steep angle? Is it a shallow angle? Knowing that you don't have to be over there already, but to ask yourself, what's my next little move that gets me a little closer to the thing that I want? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Caroline, um, how can people find you? I know they can read. Uh, you publish on Forbes and uh, a few other publications. So let people know where they can read your stuff and where they can find you and what you're offering them. Yeah, so um, probably the easiest way is corporateescapeartist.com. That's my website. And that'll tell you all about me and my, my background and everything. Um, and I also write my article on Forbes that um, people can go to as well. And I wanted to offer, you know, anybody who's listening that would like a one-hour coaching session with me, if you're looking for career clarity, you're thinking about making a, a career change, you're, you know what you want, but you're afraid to make the change, you're not sure how to get there, and you want to have a partner on that journey with you, I would love for them to reach out to me, and I'd be happy to, to do that. Excellent. Thank you so much for being with us, Caroline. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so corporate escape artist. Yeah, pretty interesting. I love that term, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many folks that I talk to who literally feel like they're trying to escape. Right. Like they are trapped. Oh, yeah. And I just, I mean, I've had moments in my life where that has been a really significant feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't work directly with folks who feel that stuck, um, but I come across it sometimes and I just, I don't know how you dislodge. I mean, the, the times in my life where I felt that stuck, th- the way I've gotten out is probably the way that Caroline would say, don't do it that way. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it was to like literally just pull the plug. Right. Yeah. I don't have any experience even working full time in corporate ever. Um, I've been freelancing for like 15 years. And before that, I worked at like record stores and played music and stuff. So, well, you've had those experiences with your corporate clients, though, that have felt, you know, projects that have felt like you wanted to escape. Yes. Oh, but yeah. the beauty is, is that they have a timeline on them, right? You're like, you know, it's going to end. Exactly. I know when I know when my, um, my escape time is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know when the hatch is going to open. But I think for a lot of folks, you know, that's not true. And there, there, is, there are a lot of trappings that they feel inside of that experience that it's not just like, oh, when this is over, then it'll change or that'll, it's like, it's just in general feeling trapped. Like there's a million doors that they're locked, that are locked, you know, keeping them where they are. Yeah. And I just, I can appreciate that considerably. What I liked about what she pointed out in the conversation was, was when she was sharing around, you know, identify really clearly, what is it that needs to change? Is it your entire career? Is it the job description you have? Is it you want to work for another boss? Is it financial? Because you may want to do do it the Dia Bondi way, which is to just like pull the entire plug when really there's only one component that needs to be shaped differently for you to feel less trapped. So you don't have to actually throw everything out the window. Just certain parts are broken. 
I think, you know, looking at that is a great way for folks who are listening, if you are one of those folks who feel just that trapped, to start to identify what specifically about your situation are the things that need to change. And maybe you'll find you need to do the Diabondi version and just pull the plug. Maybe you'll find that you can make some small changes that change everything. Yeah, so you can quit corporate cold turkey or there's the little, little things you can do. Exactly. Those little things can make a big, big difference. I think I, I find that even in, you know, when I'm doing curriculum design or I'm doing something, you know, you and I've worked on a bunch of creative projects. Like if something's not working, it doesn't mean it's whole hog not working. It could just mean that like, oh, you know, if we start the script right here, how does that change it? Does that all of a sudden make it work? So there's all these like little keys, I think, that we can explore across our lives that can make a difference if we if we engage them. So it was great having uh, having Caroline with us today. And as usual, Arthur, it's so lovely to hear you and see you. As always. All right, we'll see you next time. This podcast is a production of Diabani Communications, scored, mixed, and produced by Baby A. You can like, share, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you would like my mom, Dee Bondi, to answer any questions about how to make your next big move, call us and leave your question at 341-333-2997. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.